sermon out of the series, The Transforming Power of Prayer. The Transforming Power of Prayer. For the last two Sundays, I, I dealt with the subject matter, a subsubject matter of Abba, which as we know is, is translated out of Hebrew and out of Greek father, but that is not a working understanding of that word. When I was over in Israel, it was the small child. It was the first words that a baby says to their father, which a better translation would be dada, daddy, dada. This morning, this afternoon, I just want to touch on the subject matter. It's you I need to see, Lord. Regardless of everything that's going on, Lord, in spite of everything I'm going through, in the midst of everything, Lord, ultimately it's you that I need to see, Lord. We are going to be reading from our scripture reading. I'm just going to deal with one part of it. We are reading out of Ephesians chapter 1. We are beginning in verse 15. And, and we are reading. No, I'll stop when I stop. You know when I stop. Not going to read the whole thing this morning. But it reads as such in our hearing for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, that is the people of God. I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers, for I always pray to God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant, that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the insight into the mysteries and secret in the deep, intimate knowledge of him. That's it. That's it. Father, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I ask that you would just renew my strength and replenish that which has been used up. Father, touch my lip, touch my thinking, and bring back to my remembrance everything that you want me to say and block what you don't want to say. Lord, allow your spirit to preach through me saturate this place so that we that are in here may hear what the Spirit is saying. Speak, Lord. Lord, please, if you will. We are in desperate need of hearing a word from you. Whether we know it or not, we need to hear a word, a transforming word from you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. On the surface, this prayer seems easy, seems simple. I'm just 
dealing with one part of it, and I really don't think I'm going to get to all of it today. But, but if you begin to peruse to the depths of what this sermon is asking, it's deep. It's, it's mind-blowing. In fact, Paul is asking in this prayer an impossibility. He, he is asking that, that God would do something that is really quite impossible, but you really don't know it's impossible until you recognize what he's really asking. <laughs> Paul, Paul is asking that God will give us who are finite, who, who are limited, a, a, to know that which is infinite, that is beyond all limits. Paul is asking that God will allow us to comprehend him that is incomprehensible. Paul is asking that, 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 that we would come to know him that is beyond knowledge. Uh, Paul, Paul is asking that, that, that we begin to see the, the height, the depth of God who has no ending, who cannot be measured, that is beyond our imagination. Paul is asking that God would show us a little bit of his glory, and if we were to really see his glory, we would die right now. <laughs> see, 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 what Paul is saying is our view of God is too small. And in order for us to really become and see and, and, and be all that God wants us to be, the first thing we need is to see a greater view of who he really is. Amen. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I hope y'all hope y'all with me. Listen, 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 listen. Paul is even saying, you know, let me bypass your needs. Because what you think you need is not the first thing you need. He said, because our God is so transcendent. Say that with me. Transcendent. Transcendent is a, a theological word which means that he is so far and beyond. So far and beyond what? Everything. Anything. He is so far and beyond what we can ever imagine, what we can ever think, uh, what we can ever even begin to grab hold to. God is so far and beyond that if God was just to drop a little bit of his, his, his transcendentness on us, we would, be, we would be satisfied in any situation because God is just that good. <laughs> See, where we are confused is we are trying to find satisfaction with temporary things. Our, 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 our flesh, our own nature tells us if I could only have this, if I could only have that, if this would only happen, if God just get me out of trouble, don't you know that if he gets you out of this trouble, this trouble that's coming after that trouble, haven't we learned yet that as long as you're on this side of heaven, you're going to have trouble? 
And if, and if God got you out of the trouble you're in now, you still won't be satisfied because here come another airmail delivery of trouble with your name on it. And you didn't sign for it, and they still left it to you. Haven't you been like me said, take it back? God is trying to get us to the place that our vision of him, that our understanding of him it is so eclipsed whatever the devil, whatever people, whatever earth can do to us, that it don't move us out of our place of peace. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. It may knock the wind out your breath for a second, but you know how to get back where you're supposed to be. God wants us to get to the place that, that when trouble hits, that instead of ultimately asking him for what's in his hand to ask for his hand. Oh, y'all don't understand me. Listen, see, see, it's not the what, it's the who. And I am discovering, and, and, and scripture is showing us that, that, that if you see Jesus more, Hallelujah. no matter what seems to be your problem. No, no matter what the devil is throwing at you, no matter what, God has a way of satisfying his children with himself that you would even forget what you was asking for. I came with a problem, but now that I'm in your presence, I don't even know what it was I was going to ask you. I just know it's good being here. <laughs> See, sometimes I, I think that we get called up in, in, in performance. Oh, let me explain. You know, sometimes we do church prayers. And people get excited about church prayers that God is not even listening to. You know, our awesome, our omnipresent, our lily of the valley, our bright and morning star God, who is worthy that all the angels in heaven you know, you know most, most of the time when we do that, we do that for people of fact. Y'all, y'all know, come on now. Don't, don't look at me with that tone of voice. Because my question is, do you pray like that at home? But wait a minute. Let's reverse this. I think there comes a point where you ought to Pray that at home, but you got to understand the purpose of praying that at home. The Lord's prayer said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed are set apart, be your name. Notice that Jesus gave the pattern and he put that, he prefaced that 
before you ask for anything else. And my question is, is why? Let me explain why. Sometimes what happens is our problems and our situations become so big that it eclipses our faith of God. Let me say that another way. Sometimes our problems are speaking louder than our faith sees God. So now we go to God, not God conscience, but problem conscience. Don't, 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 don't act like that's not you. That's, all of us has been there. And have you noticed that, that when you approach God with that standpoint, you are just as burdened after you get up as you was burdened before you went down? The reason is because you did not come with faith seeing how big, how transcendent, how far, how awesome your God is. So your eyes was on your problem. Your eyes wasn't on God. So you expected nothing and you went away with. So there are times when you and I, when we are burdened down, when trouble has taken the wind out of us, that we need to remind ourselves how awesome our God is. Oh, oh. There's times when we need to hollow. That means I need to separate him in my own heart. Of I got to remind myself, Lord, you stood on nothing and created everything. Lord, 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 you are an awesome God. You're the same God that got in the forest with the three Hebrew boys. And if you're able to save them out of fire, you're able to save me out of fire. Lord, I remember in your word that, Lord, that Isaiah saw you high and lifted up. And, Lord, you are that type of God that even the angels say, holy, holy. Hold on, hold on. Not saying it to move God, but saying it to move me. Setting him apart so that you can get into his presence and become God conscious. You even got to remind yourself, Lord, if you brought me through that, if you carried me through that, if you healed me through that, if you, if you, if you, if you saved me from that, then I know you're the same God today that you was yesterday. So I believe that if you did all that, you can handle this. What, 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 what am I doing? I am encouraging myself in who God is, how big he is, how awesome he is, how transcendent he is, so my faith will have something to grab on to. See, somehow we have lost the awe of God. And if we ever lose the awe of God, though you come to church, though you serve your position, 
though you do church stuff, you really don't have no expectation on Sunday. <laughs> Paul is saying, I pray that God will give you not so much information, but illumination. See, information fills your head. Illumination changed your heart. And haven't you met some head full, foolish people? They had a whole lot of information. <laughs> we were we were in Israel and we were guided by a name that his English name is Isaac. Isaac is amazing. Isaac knows more information of Old Testament, New Testament. Josephus, who was a Jewish historian of that time, in the time of Jesus, whose book is about this thick, in the words you need a magnifying glass to read. I got one, I know. And Joseph and Isaac need, got, got dates, got times, will know more information about the biblical stuff than all of us put together. Found out later on, he not just do a tour in Israel, he does a tour of Europe and takes them through the Renaissance time and know the paintings, the, the, the artists, and all of that. I mean, I mean, this guy just rattling, rattling, just, just off the top of his head. No notes, just boom, 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 dates. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, places. Just, 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 we were sitting there saying, my Lord. Matter of fact, he's on the bus. It doesn't stop. Geography, um, uh, 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 you name it. Know it. Politics, present, past. Boom, 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 boom. And then I watched him as Dennis or other people got up to expound from the Christian view. And it was bouncing off of him. He was Jewish. He, he had a whole lot of information. He knew the New Testament. He knew the Old Testament. He knew the historical facts. He knew the sights. But there was a blindfold over his eyes that he had information but no illumination. Yes, sir. It was amazing to me how much he knew and how much he couldn't see. There's a difference between knowing and seeing. When you see, it's like, oh, I received that. It's illumination. And, and a lot of times we confuse knowledge with, 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 with illumination. We walk out of here with our hands full, but our hearts not changed. Sunday after Sunday, information. 
but no transformation. Illumination leads to transformation, not information. Paul is saying, you need a spirit of wisdom and knowledge. It comes from God. And I think that we play a part because if you come expecting nothing, you get exactly what you expect. I believe you got to put faith pressure on God. And what I mean by that is that, that, that there got to be an expectation that God got something to say to you. Then you got to be open for whatever he says. Some of us, God is trying to speak to us, but we resist him. You know what? He says in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 13, he says, he says, he says, he says, after he talked about, I got a future and expectation for you, he says, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Listen, we do not serve a cheap God. Uh, let, me, let me tell you I can explain in the way we can get it. When you have respect for yourself in a dating relationship, you don't give yourself away because somebody bought you dinner. And when you know who you are and how precious you are, someone saying they love you don't mean that much. Ah. Uh, some of y'all still don't get it. When, 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 when you know that you are precious and gift, you tell him, put a ring on it. Uh, you can call me old and you can call me out of date until he breaks your heart. Because you recognize that the words he was saying, he didn't mean it. He was trying to get what he could get. But Don't sit there and act like y'all don't know what I <laughs> Hold on. So you think God who knows our heart is moved by you coming to church on Sunday? Okay, let's, let's walk down this. <laughs> Do you think that God is moved by us when we give him half hearted worship, then we expect him to bless us? You see, this is relationship. And God knows who he is. Nowadays, fellas, you got to know who you are because it's not the boys chasing the girls. It's the girl chasing the... Listen, 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 listen. God is saying, if you want my blessings, you got to come to me wanting me. Then the next question is, how bad do you want me? I created you to have fellowship. I, I want, listen, him who, it's not us 
who really want to know him, uh-huh. it's him who wants us to know him. Yeah. Let's, let's step into this a little bit more. It's not us seeking him. Uh-huh. It's him seeking us. It's not us so desiring him. It's him who started the desire thing and got us to the place that we know that we need him. Listen, it's it's not us making a big sacrifice for him. It's him who made the big sacrifice for us. Oh, it's not us who reached up to heaven. It's God that came down and became one of us. I, I don't think we really understand how much God wants you. I don't think we really get the picture of the cost he paid to express himself. I, I, I like that word, express. You see, I'm going to go here. I didn't do this at the 8 o'clock, but it just hit me. Did you know that even a female eagle knows that she got to test the male eagle? Eagles usually are together forever. But a female eagle says, I'm just not going to settle for any. Tom, Tyrone. I forgot. Okay, y'all get the point. Okay. So what she does is she said, okay, you want to be with me? Show me what you're able to do. Because he flies down and, and she gets a small log and she's flying in figure eight figures and she's flying fast and she drops it and he got to catch it before it hits the ground. If it hits the ground, she said, you ain't man enough to cover me. Now, 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 now she goes down again and she picks up a log that is bigger and she's flying faster and lower because she's saying that when I knock my kids out the nest, are you man enough to catch my eaglets on your back and bring them back up to the nest and safely just in case they don't learn how to flap their wings the first time? Can, can you raise my kids right? Okay, how good you look. Can you raise my kids? Can you teach my kids? Can you keep them safe? Can you provide? Can you? So now, so now, so now she's flying lower. She's flying faster in the logger and she drops it. And, and he got to catch it before it hits the ground. And he brings it back up to her and says, I'm man enough. I'm man enough. Uh huh, I'm man enough. She said, okay, I got one more test for you. So now she's flying faster and lower. And she go and pick up a log about her weight and her size and say, let's see what you can do with this. She said, if something happens to me, are you mad enough to cover me? Can you lift me up in prayer? Can you get me in the presence of God? Can you catch me on your back and take me to safety? 
I want to know, are you mad enough? My, my question, my question is, how do they know by instinct that we ought to know by knowledge? See, she said, if I fall out of the sky, do I know that I'm safe with you? Because for the female, safety is number one. Spiritual, physical, emotional. Can you cover me and make me safe? Are you man enough? Listen, God is the king of relationship. And what God is saying, but do you trust me that I can keep you? Not only do we have a responsibility, God is able to do his responsibility. But God said, you don't trust me enough to know that I can catch you. You're not coming to me with your whole heart because then I will show you how good I am. Listen, let me say this. Just take it the way I said. God will not be pimped by us. See, it's, see, see, see sometimes what we do is, it's, it's like, like, give me this. Give me that. Give me, and, and even when the problem is, arises, we want him to fix the problem, and we're not concerned about him. Not seeking him. What was in his and if you watch these prosperity preachers, they would tell you that God don't want you to go through anything. He wants you to prosper and be rich. Now, God, don't mind blessing you. But the problem is they forget about human nature. Human nature is most of us don't seek God till trouble hits. I don't know about you. Maybe you different than me. But my deepest experience in knowing God has not been up in a mountaintop experience. Where I really got to know God is in my valley lows. I don't want to go through some of the things I've been through. But I thank God I've been through something. Because in my brokenness, I turned to God and said, you're the only one that can help me. David in Psalms 27, David in Psalms 27, he said, he said, in the time of trouble, you will hide me. Hold on, watch it. Not only will you hide me, but I want to be here with you. In time of trouble, I recognize I need you, Lord. Lord, in the time of trouble, I come running to you, Lord. He said, in a time of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle or in his presence, in the secret place. You know what that means? The devil can't find me. God will put you in a place where the devil is looking for you and he can't find you. Trouble on every side. But you just resting in the arms of your daddy. I'm good here, Lord. 
can't tell me that God can't satisfy you in the midst of trouble. No. Some of the ways God has blown my mind is when I'm going through H-E-L-L and I don't feel it around me. I know what I'm going through, but I'm at peace. I'm laughing. I got a joy. He hasn't done anything about my problems, but I'm acting like I don't know that I'm going through something. It's not that I don't know. God got his hands on me. I know exactly what I'm going through. You're waiting for me to break up, pull my stuff in. People say, she must be crazy. They, they walking and smiling like they don't know what's happening. I know what's happening. I know what's going on. But I also know that my daddy got me and I'm resting. I'm resting. Listen, he says, listen, he said, you will lift me up upon a, you know what God said? He said, I'm going to move your perspective from a low perspective to a high perspective that you may see things from my perspective. It's not as bad as you think. Matter of fact, what you don't understand is I'm working all things together for your good. And you're hurting right now, but it, it requires me to take you through this to get you to where you're going. And unless I take you through what you're going through, I can't bless you like I'm going to bless you. So trust me to take you through. Because when I'm through taking you through, you're going to thank me for blessing you the way I'm going to. Do I know what do? Is there anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, the next verse says, he says, he says, he says, what's it? He says, I will offer, listen, where he has me covered. A tent covers you. Listen, you don't need to be covered unless you're going through something. David is saying, I'm not out of my trouble yet. I'm not in the palace yet. I'm in my tent. You, you, you set up a tent in your wilderness to protect you from the heat of the day, from the animals and the pestilence that are on the outside. But God has pitched a tent over you. Look what he said. I will offer sacrifices with shouts. Hold on. Not when I'm through. While I'm in the midst of, and I'm recognizing he's keeping me, which must mean he's up to something for me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Some of y'all don't get this. When faith is activated, you don't have to see the complete outcome of it. Just the fact you haven't lost your mind in the midst of it. Ought to be enough to let you know God is working something out. Just the fact you still breathing, you still moving, 
you still maintain it. Mean that God is keeping you, which means that God's not finished. And once he moves everything in his proper place, he'll remove the tension. Let me show you what I've been doing while I covered you. I've made all this for you. Now go get your blessing. But your shouting can't begin when you're going to get it. You ought to be shouting. That's what David is saying. My brothers and sisters, let me bring this to a close. I can't preach all this. Constantly throughout the Bible, I see God's people not liking where they're at and having questions. And many times when the, the purpose of God and the working of God is too transcendent, too far and away for our, for our finite mind to understand, God doesn't waste his time Explaining why. That's it, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. When he knows that if he tried to break it down, you couldn't get it. So why worry about telling you what you can't get? So what he says is, trust me that I'm in this problem with you and I'm working it out for you. Because I love you. Okay. Let, 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 let's, now think with me. 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 Because now I'm about ready to bring it to the end. But this may be the most important part that I'm dealing with. Jesus is the, the express image of God. Yes, sir. He is the radiant of his glory. In fact, the gospel of John Chapter 1 calls him in the Greek, Logos. Logos in the Greek means communicator. Communicator. You know what communication is? Communication is what I'm doing now. I am expressing myself in words so that you can capture my thoughts. If I quit saying anything and I just think it, Did y'all get that? Okay, okay. God comes down to us and express himself in the Old Testament and New Testament so that we can get a sense of who he is. Now hold on. With Hebrew chapter 1 saying that Jesus is the express image, the radiance of his glory. You hook that up with, uh, you hook that up with John saying, he is the Legos who been with God, who is God. What that is actually saying is this, that the second person of the Godhead that we know as Jesus is the part of the Godhead that has always and will always communicate to man. Get with me. He's fully 
obey God and unless God has a system of expressing himself, Moses see him as the burning bush and out of the burning bush comes the word of God. The three Hebrew boys are thrown in the furnace and he who looks like the son of God is in the midst. Abraham talked to God face to face but God came down like an angel. God with the children of Israel delivered them from Egypt with the plague and was up on the mountain with thunder and fire. Isaiah needed to be lifted up in his faith and he saw God high and lifted up. Rebecca had some questions and Rebecca said, Lord, I don't understand. And God gave him a vision that he was sitting on his throne in complete control and all the earth was silent before him. Joe, he got messed up, but Joe had a conversation with God and, start, and God started saying, was you there? Was you there? Come on, was you there? And Job said, I heard enough. I thought I knew you. But now I have seen you with my eyes. I don't have no more questions. You're a bad God. In all of those instances, it is the second person of the Godhead in the communication of man. Listen. God said, guess what? The burning bush wasn't good enough. Me coming to the fire wasn't good enough. Delivered them from Egypt with all the power that I defeated Egypt with wasn't good enough. Feeding them with manna in the wilderness wasn't good enough. Lead them by fire in the night and smoke by day wasn't good enough. Matter of fact, every time I express myself, apparently they're not getting my expression. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the ultimate expression of myself. I'm going to wrap myself up and become one of them. And I'm going to come down 42 generations, take on human flesh, and walk with them. And they're going to call me Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Y'all still don't get it. Because if you got it, you'd be shouting. So Jesus is God wrapped up so that we can get to see who he is because God has such a desire for us to know him. And since we couldn't step up to him, he stepped down to us. What type of God would do that? That's love. He not only became one of us, but he died for us. Then he got up for us. Then he went to heaven for us. That's love. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen. So when we see that, and we come to him, what he says is, don't you want to know my person? Don't you want to know what I feel about you and why I did what I did? Why are you just going after what's in my hand? That if you talk to me, you can have what's in my hand. But I'm letting you know that I 
expressed myself to let you know me when I became one like you. I want you to know that I was communicating that I want you to know me. I want you to know that if you come to me saying, Lord, it's you that I need. It's you that before you go anyplace else, let me know that I'm the first desire. Let me know that I'm the apple of your eye. Don't you hear God saying, he said, he said when, when I know that I got you, you got me. See, many of us got caught up and we got Satan will rock you asleep in the church. Some of us are here physically, but we gone emotionally and spiritually. Okay, I, I got a test. What did I just say? What did I just say? Some of y'all, uh, 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 uh. Okay, that was bad, but true. Because we don't, we have, we're not, we didn't come with no all expect. When you are all of God, you like say, you just blew me away. Yeah. And, oh, you awesome. Oh, you. You know what my greatest fear is? My greatest fear is that when I preach on Sunday morning, I don't have no all in the message God has shown me. My greatest fear that I will use just information and knowledge and studying and I'll come with information but my heart is not in awe of God. See, see, and sometimes we don't even know the difference. See, my heart got to be in awe. Every Sunday, I have an expectation from God to show me a level of him that i never seen before. So when I stand up here, you're not just getting information. My heart is on Fire. I see something, and I'm trying to get you to see something. See, the shame is, is that I see something, and I'm pouring out what I see, and you walk out of here, and you didn't see nothing. You see, 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 as long as God keep me in all of him, he don't have to worry about me playing on him. Because when you're in awe of somebody, you stick right there. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I want to know, is there anybody in awe of God in the house? 
that he done done enough. He, done, he keeps proving himself. He keeps showing up over and over again that, that you can't help but praise him. Do I got some can't help it saints in the house that, that, that God keeps on taking it higher? And when you think you got it all, he'll knock you down again. There's something about Jesus that makes everything okay. Listen, Lord, I need you. Lord, it's you I desire. I know my problems, but I'm not even asking you to fix my problems. Because if you fix my problems without me being in all of you, when the next problem come, I'm down in the dumps again. But if you show me more of your glory, Moses, don't you see him? I've seen the, the miracles. I've seen you write on the tablets with your finger. I've seen you do some awesome things. But Lord, I now realize I got somewhere between 2 million to 4 million hard-headed, stiff-necked, unmovable Negro-lights. Oh, we, we, there, there was someone just like us that was Israelites. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, they come from all, and they was Israelites. Couldn't tell some of them from some of us, and they was Israelites. Because it's not about color. It's about bloodline. And now we've been grafted into the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, let's get back to the message. Okay, I had to explain myself. Okay, listen, listen. He said, for the task that you have before me, my faith isn't big enough. Exodus 33. If you don't go with me, don't send me. I can't do this, Lord. I can't make it without you. Lord, you got to go every step of the way with me because I recognize I'm in need of you. Lord, if I have found favor with you, don't send me by myself. I see my weakness. I see my inadequacy. And the very thing you want me to do, I can't do. Unless you're with me. Then he goes to Father. He gets bold in this and he says, Lord, I need to see more of you, of your glory. Because I need to know that you're transcendent enough. You're big enough. You're awesome enough. To carry us where you're gonna take us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need my faith to be able to be completely trusting in you. And the current vision I have isn't big enough to carry me through. 
Want me to translate that? I need you. I need to see more of you, Lord. In my current situation, in my everyday life, I need to keep seeing you. Because things get hard, Lord. The task before me is too big for me. These people crazy, Lord. The people I work with is crazy. Some family members are crazy. And Lord, I will lose my mind if you don't keep me. And if my faith don't, and my faith isn't big enough to hold on to you, I may slip and quit being in awe of you. Listen to him. Lord, I don't know about anybody else. I need to see your glorious presence. In other words, I need to see you. Uh-huh. More of you. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. <laughs> see, when God shows you more of Himself, the opinions of other people don't mean that much. Uh-huh. When God shows you more of Himself, the problem you thought was so big don't look that big no more. <laughs> When God shows you more of himself, your faith just leaps up. And you can say, in the name of Jesus, devil, get behind me. When the Lord shows you more of himself, you can be in your car praising God all by yourself. Because you recognize he's worthy of the praise. When God shows you more of yourself, you don't let the person next to you talk to you all service. Because you don't want to miss what God want to say to you. When, when God shows you more of himself, you don't sit there like you're bored, but you recognize your victory is in your praise. So even when you don't feel like it, you say, you don't understand. I got to praise him. My Victory is in my praise because I know how awesome he is. You can sit there if you want to, but I need to sing this song. I didn't come just to hear the choir. I came to see God. And if I got to praise to see him, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can talk about me all you please. But I'm going to go get my blessing. When you see him, hallelujah. When you see him, amen. When you see him, thank you. When you see him, you can't help back. Will you see him? Will you see him? Not folks. Will you see him? Peace. Joy. 
his presence. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's good. In the midst of he's good. When you see God, we stand in need of seeing you. I don't know. But you are today. But I got